Welcome to Gear Up with Gear Experts, episode 22, The Hidden Dangers of Falling. Gear Up with Gear Experts is a bi-weekly show hosted by me, John Medina, and my colleague Alex Giddings. The show is for at-height workers, industry, and construction, and is brought to you and produced by GME Supply and Columbia Safety and Supply. This episode's theme is the hidden dangers of falling. Of course, the most dangerous part of falling is hitting the ground, but fall protection, generally, if used correctly, will stop you from hitting the ground. But even with that fall protection equipment, there are additional dangers that you need to be aware of. Today, we're proud to welcome gear expert Brian Dominique back as our guest in the studio. Brian first joined us on episode six and is the regional sales manager for the Northeast from North Carolina into Eastern Canada. Thanks for coming back on the show, Brian. We're excited to have you here and to talk all about the hidden dangers involved in experiencing a fall. So let's get to the fun part. Questions. Alex, care to start the questions? Sure, John. So let's start the conversation with suspension trauma. So what is suspension trauma and how can it be prevented? Well, suspension trauma is uh, essentially an incident that happens after a fall. Usually a, a climber, whether they're incapacitated or not, will start to experience decreased blood flow to the extremities, specifically the legs. Uh, that's because you know the, the harness did what it was supposed to, stops you. Uh, if your leg straps are on tight, you start to constrict the femoral artery, which uh, decreases blood flow to your legs and it can start to pool. Then once that restriction is relieved and the climber's on the ground, then you can have some uh, major shutdowns with your internal organs once the blood flows back through the body. Yeah, and one of the things that you may not really think about with the way the circulatory system works is your heart is responsible for pumping blood out, but your skeletal muscles actually do a lot of the work to get the blood back to your heart and lungs, right? right. So when that uh, artery is cut off, there's no way for that blood to go back up your body. Typically, your, your leg muscles are helping get that blood flowing back to the heart. Right. Yeah, their uh, suspension trauma is just one of those additional areas of concern. You know, most people are concerned with stopping the immediate fall, which is kind of what we, we've talked about in preceding episodes. It's all the other things that you now have to play with regarding, you know, your suspension, uh, getting the climber actually to the ground. And so many of these things are, are fluid in a rescue situation. That's why it's very important to have that rescue plan in place prior to climbing the tower. Yeah, exactly. So, all right, you've fallen, your harness has stopped you, you're hanging there in the harness. What are some ways to prevent suspension trauma other than a rapid rescue? You've got several different options, probably the most prevalent and things that we're seeing more and more uh, included on harnesses uh, in the market today, just because this has become a much bigger issue, is your suspension straps. Uh, there's a couple manufacturers that actually include them on the, on the sides of the harness. These can be unfurled at the tower height and then strapped together. Uh, what that does is it allows the climber to essentially step through it like a sling and put pressure on that uh, suspension strap and relieve the pressure on their legs, which helps, as you mentioned earlier, pump that blood back up through the body uh, by use of the muscle and the uh, skeletal system of the, of the climber. There's a lot of different variations, although many of them work pretty much the same way in concept. For years, guys would, you know, also use a positioning lanyard in various forms, you know, especially adjustable lanyards that they could loop into their harness and then uh, do kind of the same thing. The suspension straps are, are a great idea because they're already on there. You know, if a guy's climbing with maybe a positioning device versus adjustable lanyard, he's not going to have that option. So having the suspension straps on the harness before you even get on the towers is a, is a great plan. It's easy. It's affordable. Uh, something should be on everybody's harness. 
Yeah, and that's something that is typically covered in the competent climber or rescuer courses that uh, we see hosted in our facility and around the country is making sure that climbers know how to use those suspension straps and also those alternative methods like using your positioning lanyard as well. Is there anything that people need to look for or know when they're looking for trauma straps? The main thing, you know, just like anything else, it's like people changing a tire in their car. You don't want to have to learn on the job. So know how they're deployed, know how they're connected, know how to use them before you have to. That's the biggest thing. Most suspension straps work, I mean, essentially the same way. Almost all of them are a loop you're going to step into and just relieve the pressure. Another danger that's involved with falling is what we call a swing fall. Can you explain a little bit about what swing fall actually is? Sure. The swing fall, you're going to see this much more uh, impactful on rooftop work where a lot of guys may be using a, a, an anchor point and they may be moving around a roof. Uh, this is common in construction industries as well. You don't see it quite as often uh, in tower, although it is something to be you know, if you're working out on a, on a mount and, and maybe swing back into the tower. But where this really comes to play is in more of the general trades industries. Uh, have people using harnesses, maybe they slip and fall off the edge of a building and because of where they were in relation to their anchor point, they actually swing like a pendulum or a grandfather clock back to center. Uh, this can be a huge problem for anybody working, uh, especially on single story structures. If you're so many feet away from your anchor point, you know, and your building's only so tall, you know, if you swing, you may actually hit the ground uh, because of the amount of line you have out. So it's, it's a major concern for guys in general industries, uh, warehouses, these types of places. Yeah, and that's kind of going back to knowing what your fall clearances are and allowing for that safe distance, not only from the ground, but just other objects that you may come in contact with in the event of a fall. Yeah, Yeah. and and having a 30-degree safe zone from your anchor to kind of help account for that potential swing fall is usually recommended. If you have to work further away from your anchor than that 30-degree safe zone, you should either transition to another anchor or try to figure out a different solution so that you're not too far away. Yeah, exactly. And so, Brian, are there any other hidden dangers of falling that we need to be aware of? Uh, yeah, you know, the ball is the one that gets kind of the uh, limelight when it comes to training and, and what have you. And the main emphasis is just keep a person from having a catastrophic injury by hitting the ground. But just I think as we've discussed today, there's several other areas that are maybe not as well recognized or maybe people don't think about until they're on site. Uh, we've you know, obviously discussed suspension trauma. We've discussed fall rates and swing rates. There's several different areas that come into play. Uh, you know, there was a, a story the other day about a climber who uh, had an anaphylactic shock on tower because of a bee sting. These are, these are other areas that, you know, really speak to uh, what we do here at GME is outfitting trucks and kits for all those unforeseen dangers that may be, may be lurking out there that you don't think about at the time. Yeah, things like broken bones or even if someone falls, what were they holding on to that they may mm-hmm. drop? And then, you know, you have dropped object hazards for right. people on the ground or equipment, that, that sort of thing. So it's all, all things to think about in your rescue plan. 
Yeah, and one thing to also consider is that, like Alex mentioned, broken bones, um, becoming unconscious. Sometimes when people fall, the shock just kind of makes them pass out. Those type of things are going to create situations where the person that fell may not have the ability to assist in the rescue or rescue themselves or say that they need the suspension trauma straps, but their arm is broken or they've passed out and they can't actually get to those. Um, so that's another reason why rescue plans and being able to make a rescue in a short period of time are so important. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Brian, to talk about the hidden dangers of falling. But we do have one last question before we let you go. If someone wanted to reach out to you, how could they do that? A couple different ways. Uh, if there are customers that you know are in my territory, they can definitely reach out to me. But anyone can reach us here at GME. Our main line number is 718 718- 210-3913 if you'd like to speak with me directly. Uh, my desk line is 573-234-4405. Uh, either way, uh, we have a, a great staff here uh, within the commercial division. We can definitely help answer any questions regardless of where you're at. Thanks, Brian. And listeners can also contact our gear experts with any questions by emailing info at gmesupply.com or info at colsafety.com or via our instant chat. You can access that by heading over to gmesupply.com or colsafety.com and hitting the click here to chat button in the lower right-hand corner. Now it's time to move on to our weekly insight. Brian just dropped some knowledge bombs about some of the hidden dangers of falling, and we wanted to continue that conversation by talking a little bit about fall clearances, which Alex actually mentioned earlier. So Alex, let's dive a bit deeper into fall clearances. Sure, John. So fall clearance is the estimated distance that you'll travel during a fall event. So that means you want to make sure that you are higher above the ground than that total fall clearance. Exactly, Alex. So All the things that go into the fall clearance is the free fall distance, the deceleration distance, the height of the dorsal D-ring, harness shift, D-ring shift, and an additional safety factor. The free fall distance is the distance covered before the fall arrest device engages or catches you. This distance varies for a couple of reasons. Different devices may take longer than others to engage. Your anchorage point also can play a part. So for example, you will have very little to no free fall distance with an SRL, but will have a significant free fall distance if you're using an anchor point with foot level tie-off. Yeah, exactly. And then next is deceleration distance. So this is the distance required to fully arrest the fall. So once the device has caught, its energy absorber will require time and distance to stop you. So as John mentioned, with free fall distance, the decel distance will also depend on the device. And this distance can range from a few inches to multiple feet. Another thing to consider is the height of the dorsal D-ring. So this is calculated by finding the typical average height of the dorsal D-ring on a user's body harness. Uh, and then measure that up from the walking working surface. So it's important to remember including the length of your body when looking at total fall clearance. We also want to consider stretching and then add just a little extra space to be on the safe side, right, Alex? Yeah, exactly. So that's where we calculate the harness and D-ring shift as an additional safety factor. This is calculated by taking the combined amount of harness webbing elongation and dorsal D-ring shift during the entire fall event. So we recommend this be calculated just to make sure you have plenty of room. Uh, Even hitting the ground with their feet can cause some serious injuries. And another thing that I want to throw out there is we have some really great resources on our knowledge base that kind of show this in a more graphic way. Head over to jamiesupply.com slash learn or clsafety.com slash learn and uh, you can download those free resources there. We'd also like to remind everyone that while this show is meant to be fun, entertaining, and informative, it is not intended to replace proper in-depth training. 
Manufacturer's instructions must also be followed and reviewed before any equipment is used and proper training should be received before operating any equipment or before climbing. We'd like to hear from you about why you climb. Email us a voice message at gearup at gearexperts.com about why you climb and what climbing means to you for a chance to be featured on the show. And win some swag, of course. We hope you had fun and found a lot of value in today's episode. You can find more information and detailed show notes at gearexperts.com slash episode 22. Get social with us at Gear Expert Show, at GME Supply, and at COL Safety on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and LinkedIn. Gear Up with Gear Experts is available on all major podcast listening platforms. Hit that subscribe button if you're new to the show. We'd really appreciate it. And don't forget to tell your friends, too. If you've got a few extra seconds to drop a rating and review in Apple Podcasts and let us know how we're doing, that'd be awesome. Gear Up with Gear Experts is presented, produced, and edited by GME Supply and Columbia Safety and Supply. Your hosts are Alex Giddings and John Medina. And until next time, climb higher.